Well, I did the thing earlier today. I don't know if I'm even going, but I finally applied for a credential. Better late than never. For the Fiesta Bowl? Yes. Are you even allowed to try, fly that far? Um, I am. I don't know how this is going to happen or even if it's going to happen, but uh, Wait, does, I've been asked by enough people now where it's like, you know what, maybe I need to Does your wife know this. what day it is? Oh, yeah. She definitely knows what day it is. Okay. And she's, you know, I guess she's on board, but maybe that reluctantly maybe, with it. That might be a conversation back to our first segment where uh, that's her <laughs> that's her subtle way of saying something to you. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but she gets it. I mean, and, and it's, it's a big moment for the Liberty Flames this run to the Fiesta Bowl. Curious, by the way, Chad Hassan from CFRed.com and also we could have made so many. If we went the old name, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, we could have made so many chip notes. Obviously, that's like what I think two sponsors in between because it used to be the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Now it's the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So like, you know, Trey, I know. I know I'm saying the sponsors too much. I know it, for it's, you, it's, but it's for my taste. You know, but me, like I'm if petty no, like no that. you know, there's people out there that don't know the history of the Fiesta Bowl sponsorship, so that's why I'm, you know, it's more of an information. Trey which, Trey Lyle filling us in with sports business conversations. Speaking of sports business, by the way, there is a sports business angle to our next guest, Chad Hassan from aseaofred.com. We'll get to that momentarily, but. As we welcome Chad here into the fast lane, Chad, first of all, we hope you and yours are well. Curious if you're going to join us over at Bel Air tonight. Yes, that's what we call L.A., the Liberty Arena, the swanky part of Bel Air, uh, of course, or if L.A. is Bel Air. Uh, are you going to be over there for the game tonight, by the way, for uh, the Tennessee State Liberty men's basketball game? I will not be in attendance tonight. Oh. I was there last Saturday bringing the family up this coming Saturday. But uh, 8 o'clock tip-off is a little late for the kids, and we had some uh, Christmas festivities to attend to here in Roanoke. But we'll definitely be tuning in on ESPN Plus to watch the uh, Liberty men's basketball team get a bounce-back win tonight. It is uh, it is frustrating that I won't get to see you, but I get it, or especially around the holidays. Um, so for you, obviously watching the game, first of all, you mentioned being there Saturday for the Flames game against Grand Canyon. Is there a level of panic for losing three of their last four, or do you have to take this differently than in prior years? Because, I mean, this is a pretty talented schedule Liberty's play, particularly Grand Canyon, a tournament team, and we know how good Florida Atlantic is having made the Final Four last year. Yeah, I would say, uh, as far as basketball goes, look, uh, we clamored for a better schedule, and we got it. And, uh, I mean, I, I for, for one, loved the atmosphere, loved putting our team against that kind of test. And I would say zero panic only because we had we were up like 15 or 16 in the first half. So it's not like we just got completely run out of the gym or anything like that. I mean, we can play with the best teams in the country now. The FAU, we looked a little undermatched, but they're a Final Four team, and uh, we just didn't, uh, you know, we haven't played our best ball. So uh, zero panic. Uh, you know, I'd like to get one or two of those, but it's great competition, and it wasn't like we were just completely outmatched in all, all three of those games. So, uh, no panic, and uh, looking forward to the Conference USA season. And uh, think that you know, there's a, there's there's a very very slight path to the to, for the Liberty Flames to make the NCAA tournament outside of winning three straight games in um, Huntsville, Alabama, coming up in March. So uh, whatever we have to do to prepare ourselves to win those three games, that's what I'm in for. And, uh, and you know, I appreciate the coaching staff putting those games on our schedule and the AD and getting it all together. Fun atmosphere, zero panic. One more on basketball before shifting over to football, but you mentioned the the mindset behind the coaching staff. 
How much is the the understanding? Obviously, you want a challenging non-conference schedule. It's hard to put it together. But between a lot of neutral site, some away games, some MTE events, and then even getting a couple of games like Grand Canyon at LA, Liberty Arena, that for Liberty, it really is at this point, even if you lose some of those games or a lot of them, it's about focusing on preparing yourself really for that three-game stretch of the COSA tournament in Huntsville in March. Yeah, I mean, look, the schedule for a good mid-major program, and I would qualify Liberty as one of the better mid-major programs because of where they are in the net ranking and and just consistently winning. Uh, We have a trouble scheduling. I mean, you call every Power Five around the country and nobody wants to play, and that's just, you know, I I don't pretend to know all of those conversations, but I'm just listening to what the coaching staff is saying, and, uh, you know, nobody really wants to play us. It's not any good for a Power Five to play us, so we have to get them in these MTE events. Even the Alabama game later this year is a, a neutral site uh, for an event that Alabama's hosting, so uh, you know, you kind of take what you can get pretty much, and, and it was it's really uh, special to get a team like GCU kind of hitting on all cylinders. I think Coach McKay and uh, Coach Drew are good friends and that probably helped us get that game i know we're going back to gcu next year so um you know and the universities have played before with similar missions and everything like that i think it's kind of a natural fit so we're lucky to have that game at home and uh you know i'm confident the coaching staff will do whatever they can to get good competition to come into the liberty arena and uh and uh you know just kind of take it one season at a time and get what you can and uh the rest of it's just going to be mtes and all the others at Chad underscore Hassan and a sea of red.com at a sea of red on Twitter as well as Chad is with us here in the fast lane. Chad, football themselves. At what point did you realize that it could go from being a dream to a reality that the Flames would make it into a New Year's Six Bowl as they got into the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon? I have two answers to that. First, uh, my first conversation with Coach Chadwell ever. Um, we kind of talked about expectations, you know, and just like fan expectations. And he was like, look, my expectations are to go 14-0. and And I was like, whoa. So when he said that, it kind of set me back like, man, he, he means business. He's not coming in here, not giving the, uh, the coach speak of, hey, it's first year, rebuilding year, 50% roster turnover. You didn't hear any of that from him at all. He came in just, hey. We're, we plan on winning. And so that kind of set me back a little bit. But then me personally, when I checked into the whole uh, possible undefeated Conference USA, was uh, John and I made the trip to Western Kentucky. And, you know, at that point, you know, Western Kentucky still was a one of the, the – probably the best team we played. It was on the road. And uh, just to watch us uh, dominate the ball and the run game and – everything the team did all season long to watch them do it against Western Kentucky and then kind of realize the rest of our conference, uh, our rest of our schedule. Um, that was the turning point, that, that uh, eight-and-a-half-hour drive back home from Western Kentucky. You really got to looking in and thought, wow, this could happen. And um, so I would say uh, at the beginning of the season, talking to Coach Chadwell, knew that that was his expectation and thought, wow, this could happen. I mean, no reason for it not to, but then it came a rea- became a reality in my mind when we beat Western Kentucky on the road, and not just beat them. I mean, they scored some garbage-time touchdowns, and we controlled. I mean, absolutely everybody in the stadium knew we were running the ball, and uh, we just did it with ease. So I knew at that time we had something special with Cooley in the running back room and the offensive line. And um, So, yeah, that's kind of what I realized. And then, obviously, Liberty keeps winning, 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 and they do get some help along the way. 
the way in which SMU beat Tulane, it wasn't convincing enough to say, oh, they're definitely better than Liberty with two losses on their schedule. And that meant Liberty was two games clear of anybody that could have gotten that New Year's Six Bowl once that outcome happened, SMU beating Tulane. Was that when you realized it was more likely Liberty would go to the Fiesta Bowl? Or have you seen enough of Liberty getting the short end of the stick, so to speak, to realize that it's not official until it's official? Yeah, I mean, it was exactly. I mean, we go back to 2015, I believe, when we should have been in the playoffs instead of whoever it was. We were 10-2, and I believe, and left out of the FCS playoffs several years there in a row. So my first thoughts when I saw our name flash on the screen were of those guys like Rashad Jennings and Coach Rocco and all the disappointment we had as a fan base. But to answer your question, I mean, I was going back and forth all day. Uh, Honestly, I was really confident, no matter what the results were, uh, if SMU beat Tulane, that we would be in. Because the college football playoff uh, had SMU unranked previously. Had they ranked them the Tuesday night before that game, even if it was number 25, if they would have put them at number 25 Tuesday of that game week, game week, uh, I would have been a little bit more nervous. But they had them unranked, and I was like, there's no way they can bring an unranked team in over top of a ranked Liberty if we handle business against New Mexico State. And here was the kicker of the whole season, and it's so ironic. The, the reason we got in and ranked and everything was because of New Mexico State's win at Auburn. No question in my mind, and then Auburn to turn around and go give Alabama all they wanted into the fourth quarter and probably could have won that game. So, um, And then Ed, that was all leading up to Sunday, the, the reveal show, Sunday morning, the coaches poll and the other uh, poll comes out, and both of them have jumped SMU ahead of Liberty, and we all thought, man, this is just uh, uh, ominous, man. It's just uh, kind of this is what's going to happen. They're setting the stage right now. They can say, hey, the coaches and everybody else jumped you. Um, we thought it was going to happen. Um, so I don't know. And then, and then we had been hearing Peach Bowl. So when Old Miss's name popped up, it was just a wild, wild ride of emotions on Sunday. Cannot uh, put into words the excitement and joy that we all felt as Flames Nation uh, when that name flashed up on the screen. But uh, it was it was touch and go there for a little bit. Not gonna lie, crazy to think going undefeated means something. Man, I wish that was the case for some other teams. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? The other the other big factor there. I mean, you're factoring in everything at that point. Another big factor was whenever they left FSU out and they basically said, Boo Corrigan came on and said, they're not the same team without their quarterback. Uh, Guess who else had a backup quarterback? SMU. So had SMU been full strength and won that game by 17 to 21 points, I think we're – I think we're probably down in Charlotte or Florida somewhere playing in a G5 bowl or something. But, uh, you know, they didn't have their starting quarterback and they didn't win by 17 to 21. So here we are. So I think the same thing that kept FSU out possibly kept uh, Florida State out. Crazy to think of how that ended up transpiring. And yet here we are with Chad Hassan. Chad, last one for you. And this is an evolving question that we can get to later. Uh, But you also work with the Flames Rising Collective what impact has this season, and in particular, the trip to the Fiesta Bowl had on the support for the Flames Rising Collective and how that, in turn, has been able to support Liberty Athletics and Liberty Athletes? Yeah, listen, everybody wins whenever you go to the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, the Flames Club wins, uh, the at university donors win, uh, the collective gets a little bit bigger, the coaches win, um, so 
you know, it definitely has had an impact. We are, uh, but from day one, we've had the support of Flames Nation and everybody's kind of, it's really just an education thing at this point. It's not a buy-in thing and not a momentum thing with the collective. It's just an education thing. So we've been working at that for two years, trying to educate folks on how, how this can help and the impact it can have and also uh, how it can add to the student-athlete experience at Liberty. Um, you know, being a 501c3 is big. Also, not taking, uh, you know, 100% of donations go to student-athletes. Those two things have kind of given us a lot of momentum. So the Fiesta Bowl was a nice cherry on top, and I'm sure stirred up momentum for everyone else. But I think we're kind of, uh, honestly, we're uh, still going at the same pace, and that is just educating and uh, and then and then kind of, talking with uh, flames donors throughout the as we go and um you know I, I don't i don't i would say those other entities i mentioned probably felt a bigger impact than maybe the collective but um you know we're just kind of plotting along here and trying to navigate this entirely crazy world of nil and transfer portal and um waivers and everything else it's uh it's uh, a moving target sometimes that world is a world worth exploring another time, Chad. Thank you in the meantime for yours today here in the Fast Lane. We appreciate it and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you. Our pleasure. Chad Hassan with us in the Fast Lane. When we return, we pivot from that type of bull talk to a broader level. Somebody familiar with the Pac-12, Ryan Leaf, Westwood One analyst, joins us next here in the Fast Lane.